<clears throat> There's never a bad time to do a couple of bumpers, man. And we're in it right now. We're in it right now. We're doing the bumpers. We're letting you know that we appreciate you listening, uh, that we appreciate Talk Film Society for having us be a part of their network. Uh, and you can show that appreciation on our behalf by going to patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety. Uh, the whole network's a labor of love. You know, we're not in it for the fans or in it for the fame. Uh, it's just all about loving the movies or in the cases of some of the podcasts. Uh, Watching the movies. <laughs> yeah, being present for them. <laughs> yeah. Just showing up. Uh, and always, you know, five-star reviews on iTunes. We love them. We crave them. We need them. Um, we got to make those five-star rating quotas. Um, it's like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, you, third prize, your podcast's canceled. Yeah. ABC, always be casting. Um, and that's the motto we live by around here. That's the motto we live by. And, um, you can send us an email at Steven destroy podcast at gmail.com and find us on social media and just thanks for listening in all honesty. Thank you for listening. Yeah. We don't um, even actually think that you're motherfuckers. We we actually we actually quite like you. Yes. <laughs> and um, <laughs> if you like the movies, good for you. Hey, man, we're not here to judge. We're here no. to judge Steven. We judge Steven. But everybody else, you guys are fine. Yeah. If you well, like the movies, well, maybe you're not fine. But some of you. I've, yeah, we've gotten some of the emails. Yeah, we've seen your emails. It's not, it's um, not all we've seen. Yeah. You guys. Whew. Wacky. But, you know, in terms of your film taste, if you like these movies, that's cool. You know, it's not a prerequisite to dislike the movie that we are talking about in order no. to listen to our podcast. I no. would even wager it is not a prerequisite to dislike the movie to be on the podcast. Very true. Um, we're, we're anxiously awaiting the day in which we like one of these. Yeah. So send us an email. Tell us wh- why we're wrong. We'd um, love that. We would love that, actually, yeah. genuinely. Um, or a tweet. Or, yeah. um, you know, I don't know, maybe something else. We read all of those. Uh, a, a Bumble. <laughs> a Bumble. Yeah. Find us on Bumble. Find us on Bumble. We'll make accounts. Yeah. And we'll listen. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm starting to get scared. I'm starting to get scared. I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. I will snatch every motherfucker birthday. Welcome back to Steven Destroy, the podcast where we watch every Steven Seagal movie so you don't have to. This week we're talking about 1996's Executive Decision, directed by Stuart Baird. Bard, Baird. Directed by Stu... Stewie, uh, the Stewster. Um, let's uh, let's just get it out of the way. Um, I just want to ask you a real quick question, just to yeah, confirm yeah, sure. that we watched the same uh, uh-huh. version of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, and the and the one you watched, did um, did Steven die? Yeah, very early in the movie, like forty five minutes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, an extremely inconsequential part of the movie, Steven Seagal. Yeah, uh, this is a big first for us. It's um, 
The first movie where Stevens died. First yeah. movie where Stevens not a main character. Kinda got a little practice doing this without focusing on Steve when we did the Roseanne episode. Yeah. But uh, this is our first movie where it's really like not a lot of Steve. Yeah, I'd say this one kind of caught me off guard a little bit. This had all the hallmarks of being just a regular old Steven Seagal movie uh, where he was just going to get on an airplane and fucking kill a bunch of people and it was going to be over. Um, So I was... Uh, and, and, you know, it's like he almost dies a bunch of times in Under Siege 2. And so that's what I thought was, was going to happen here. Uh, when it when it showed Stephen uh, bounce his face off the top of that airplane and fl- <laughs> and fly out into the great beyond, um, you still you thought he was coming back. I thought I was like, oh, he's probably got a parachute or something. Um, but uh, but no, he was he was really dead. Um, Steven Seagal dies very very early in this movie um, in terms of uh, action happening. <laughs> In terms of anything happening. Yeah. Um, and this is a long one for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, is... it's like two hours, 15 minutes. Easily yeah. our longest. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing for me was I knew Kurt Russell was like a main character. Yeah. Um, I knew he was first build. Mm-hmm. So when the first name you see is Kurt Russell, I was not surprised. Sure. But when the second name you see was not Steven, I was kind of like, huh, maybe Steven has a smaller role than I thought. And then uh, when you never see Steven's name in the main, like the opening credits, he does yeah. not build at all in the opening. I was, at first I was a little worried I'd done something wrong. <laughs> at first I was like, did I really fuck this up as bad and like... Make us watch a movie that doesn't have Steven Seagal. <laughs> um, so I was a little confused. So when he did die, I wasn't like shocked. Yeah. I was just sort of confused about his role in the whole thing start to finish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Steven, Steven bites it. Yeah. Pretty hard too. He really doesn't do anything in this movie. Um, there's a raid at the beginning of the of the film where uh, they go and they try to uh, recover some some chemical weapons, mm-hmm. uh, some some Russian nerve agent or nerve yeah. toxin. That's what they yeah. call it. Russian nerve toxin. Well, you get there. this stupid fucking. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, you're talking about the type typing. Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the the type the like text, yeah. the titles that come up that tell you but fill you in on like the background of the movie. And then later when they're at like a new location, it comes up to like, let you know, you know, now we're in London, but it's this like stupid green text with this really shitty, like typing sound effect. Like people thought computers sounded in 1996, or I guess they may have, I, yeah. I would not know, but it's very, very high pitched and annoying. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just stupid. Like they don't need to do that. They could just have the text like, on screen instead of this obnoxious like watching somebody type i bet if you got rid of the act of watching people type in this movie and like have the text typing up on screen it would be closer to like a manageable length yeah yeah i mean i mean we'll, we'll, we'll get into it as we go here but honestly one of the one of the real big detractors for this movie is is how fucking long it is this, this movie I'm, did not need to be this long i will get right into it i yeah. 
for like the first hour and 45 minutes genuinely liked this movie yeah um and then i was like let's see how long how much longer is left in this movie (laughs) and it was like 33 minutes and for those 33 minutes it just zapped any goodwill that i had built up any part of me that liked the movie for every moment every second of those last like 30 minutes it just slowly faded away until at the end of it i was just like i do not like this movie (laughs) yeah um yeah the length is a real uh it's uh, too long it's too long it it really too long it's too bad um and And, so yeah yeah uh i mean it is just like under siege and under siege 2 in theory it's like it would be easy to write off as die hard on a plane but i i did appreciate that it doesn't follow like the literal exact same formula it's not like um well one it's a group of dudes on this plane sneaking around which is different but then also it's like it doesn't have it doesn't like establish you know there's one person on the plane that they don't realize is like escaped and can save the day and then you know halfway through they find out about him and then they're coming after him really the whole movie they're able to be like stealthy and do espionage so it's like a different approach to that die hard or under siege formula yeah and i i was able to appreciate that yeah but like it's also so much of it is just people like sneaking around the plane, like drilling holes for cameras and Kurt Russell peering through these cameras. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's um, yeah. There's a whole lot of sneaking around. Everybody's sneaking around. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I guess we should get right into it here with, uh, with the beginning of the movie and we should talk about the, the few, fleeting moments of steven that we yeah. can have uh in this well, film yeah. when it opens with steven doing this raid for the uh nerve toxin and his name's austin travis by the way yeah yeah austin travis not not one of our better seagal names so i think far. it's like it's like subtly good yeah i mean again it's everything stupid everything has to live up to to mason storm at some point but yeah uh <laughs> but yeah no it's not yeah it's not stupid it's not like egregious it's it's, it's just whatever yeah and he's leading this whole team um of his like elite seal team going around steven <laughs> steven's introduction is him just running through the grounds of this mansion where they think the nerve toxin is just stabbing dudes in the neck yeah um and i i i took some note here um and look, I'm not trying to give uh, I'm not trying to give Stephen shit for this. Uh, we give Stephen shit for a whole lot of things that he deserves. <laughs> um, but uh, Stephen's starting to get pretty big in this mm-hmm. in, in this one. Stephen's mm-hmm. Stephen's starting to get noticeably out of shape for a uh, elite SEAL team uh, uh, human weapon that he is billed as in all of these movies. It's beginning it's beginning to get a little less and less believable. I have the exact same note. Um, for me, it was when he, when we were reintroduced to him as like the head of counterterrorism, and he's wearing like a, a real uniform, not like black op shit, but just like you know, like a general's uniform, and he just looks rough. Not only does he look out of shape, he just looks like like he's been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a 
like a fucking baseball glove. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he uh he does. He looks a little rough in this one. Um Yeah. And um there's no nerve toxin in the house. One of Steven's men dies in the raid and it's for nothing. And then uh and then Steven just disappears for like the next like thirty minutes. Yeah. Um uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh then we cut to Kurt Russell, the real lead uh, as uh David Grant. And yeah. he's on some st- <laughs> maybe it's a bit harsh <laughs> but i did really i'm about to i'm gonna get into it but he's in this like it's a scene where he's learning how to fly he's on some you know small runway in like i think it was frederick maryland yeah um learning how to fly and that's and the whole reason for this exists really is so at the end of the movie when inevitably he has to land the plane because any fucking action movie that takes place on a plane, the climax of the movie is going to be like, how do we land this plane? Right. And the whole fucking point is so that way when Kurt Russell is able to land the plane, that there's like some background for it. Yeah. But it's also, it's this sort of like, I guess the movie can't win because on one hand, like all those movies, when the random action hero is able to land the plane, everybody's like, yeah okay sure whatever but at the same time that suspension of disbelief is kind of built into the movie sure so instead we could also shave off like a good portion of this runtime if we just didn't have to see kurt russell learning to fly (laughs) like a whole scene dedicated to it just so that way we could like kind of justify the ending right uh and so he's gonna do his first solo uh flight and then some lady just drives in front of the plane and is like hey it happened and then it cuts to these like really fast like black and white flashbacks to what is essentially like what or at least it looks like a massacre at a wedding um which was weird because the lady is so excitedly like it's happened and then it just cuts to these scenes of this tragedy (laughs) at a wedding yeah but uh as it turns out, it was the capturing of a terrorist at his daughter's wedding. Yes. Uh, a terrorist leader who, um, part, <laughs> a big element of this movie is, uh, even, even in a like pre nine 11 world, it's just, you know, like, uh, some, some mi- unspecified middle Eastern terrorists that, are all played by British actors in uh, brownface. <laughs> so, uh, just to get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, and so then, I'm, I mean, the basic plot of the movie is this uh, flight, an oceanic flight 343, I want to say, yeah. gets hijacked by uh, one of these British men in brownface. <laughs> Uh, David Suchet, I believe. Suchet? I think it's Suchet. But he is uh, leading this group of, you know, terrorists that's taken over the plane and um, claims that they're going to release, like, all the people on the plane if the leader who got captured is released. But really, uh, the bad guy, Hassan, his real plan is that he's got all the nerve toxin on, bo- toxin on board and is going to fly it into the Pentagon. That's, yeah. yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and so, um, just glossing over, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know how, uh, how upsetting, uh, those, those things are to, to say out loud. <laughs> um, uh, every part of that from the brown face to the plane flying into the Pentagon. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that has absolutely nothing to do with either of those things is is this first meeting that we're going to get here with when when Kurt Russell interjects to the uh, to the war room because of course we get another fucking war room and I was yeah. so, I was so goddamn upset to see I this know war room. I thought I thought this movie was going to be like under siege but with Steven in the war room and it was going to be like <laughs> everything focusing in the war room and I was so fucking upset I was like this is going to be over this is gonna be 135 minutes of steven just sitting in a fucking room <laughs> you 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 know you mean to tell me that you wouldn't you wouldn't enjoy uh steven seagal's uh version of like 12 angry men or something <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe if they were all played by steven seagal <laughs> yeah. in like a, a, a like a meet the clumps style he's got a bunch of different makeup on a fat suit yeah yeah um what i was gonna say was in this first war room scene because kurt russell of course interjects at some point because they don't think that the uh the nerve toxin is on board the plane they don't know that it's on board but kurt russell's got a hunch Um, yeah well he at least knows that it's more than it seems because he believes hassan the guy who's leading the led the uh, hijacking yeah is um he was the one who gave up the leader and that's what Kurt Russell thinks. So he knows that there's more going on than the yeah. Hassan's letting on. Yeah, and this also I, I we did uh, gloss over. We mentioned uh, London being part of this movie for one moment, <laughs> and there's a there's a suicide bombing uh, at a at a, a restaurant uh, in in London early in this and movie. And it is never addressed. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea why that scene is in the movie. I really don't. I have I could not tell you the connection between blowing up that restaurant and a single other second of this film. Yeah. Uh but anyway, that that does occur. Um but uh what I was going to say about this Kurt Russell scene um uh is is that he and Steven Seagal kind of kind of seem like they're button heads a little bit. Um Mhm. Steven and it what it immediately reminded me of was like Gary Busey and Steven Seagal <laughs> in Under Siege and so I was already like preparing for Kurt Russell being an asshole in this movie and Kurt <laughs> Russell uh being the bad guy being the good guy bad guy to Steven Seagal's good guy good guy mm-hmm. um uh the the mayor of amity island uh to uh steven seagal's jaws here (laughs) Um, Uh, wait 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 you did based on that analogy just say that jaws is the good guy in the film jaws okay yeah let me let me uh, sorry yeah not what i meant of course steven seagal's brody in that in that case yeah um, but it's not. It's the other way. Well, also, I think I, someone could argue that the mayor of Jaws is not any sort of protagonist. But yeah, but I, but he's not the shark. I mean, you know. Okay. Yeah. I get, okay. No, <laughs> I, I, I get the what ter- you mean. Okay. Yeah. The terrorist is the terrorist is Jaws. <laughs> the terrorists are Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> well, but the thing is, is that Stephen is the one that that's the mayor. Stephen's the yeah. one that's like the the asshole. Yeah, he really is he really is finally but he he uh 
the the tension is because he blames Kurt Russell for sending them to that safe house where one of his men got shot for no for ultimately no reason. Yeah. And and um Kurt Russell was like, "Hey, it's not my fault. The intelligence was good." Which to be fair, I guess it wasn't. But um when they do this hijacking like on the plane, I know I'm just, we're just, you know, jumping. But when they do the actual hijacking, uh first off, we meet Halle Berry as one of the flight attendants. Yeah. And um they also the hijackers like have uh just disassembled guns in their carry-on luggage. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh wild to see in 2020. But it was 1996. Yeah. But then also there's like uh machine guns just stashed in like the kitchen on the plane. <laughs> Like, one of the dudes takes Allie Bear, or no, he takes another flight attendant down there, shoves her so hard into, like, a cart that she dies, and then takes a machine gun out of, like, a, ca- a countertop or a cupboard. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And we meet, um, we get a, there's an air marshal on the plane who is, like, barely relevant, but we keep getting these, like, little glimpses of him throughout the movie just reminding <laughs> us that he's there and he does have a gun. Yeah, uh, and he looks just like fucking Wilford Brimley, and is not Wilford Brimley, and I don't know how, but he looks just like Wilford Brimley. Yeah, and um, for a while I just believed it was until I looked it up. <laughs> um, and I think we're caught back up now. I just wanted to go, <laughs> but yeah, we're back at this fucking war room. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and Stephen wants them to do. They do like a 1995 Zoom call. With this, uh, like, dweeby aircraft expert engineer dude. Yeah. Who, um... <laughs> is what, a good amount of this movie, I, I couldn't really tell you what connects point A and B. I just sort of know that they happen in succession. <laughs> yeah. But they have some sort of, like, sci-fi fucking plane that this dude knows how to use that will allow them to fly undetected underneath the oceanic plane... Mm-hmm. and create like a, a little tunnel basically that like lets them connect to the bottom of the oceanic plane like a leech and then the guys can like crawl up the tunnel to an entrance hatch on that plane and it like seals it off and depressurizes it and shit and steven's like we have to do this to get up on onto the plane and for some reason kurt russell has to come along yeah um and so he does okay you yeah you don't know why you don't yeah, know why yeah um i don't even remember if he insisted but no he does not want to come i know that much kurt russell does not want to yeah i was gonna say i didn't i didn't think so i didn't remember kurt russell really wanting to go but no, but, no he definitely doesn't but he's there um yeah so it's him and steve and John Leguizamo, I don't remember if I said that he was in the raid at the beginning, but John Leguizamo's on there, uh, the Dweeby Engineer guy, and then some, <laughs> some other dudes. Yeah. Uh, you get a little Steven running here as he runs from their helicopter to meet his men. Always a beautiful sight. Always a beautiful sight. Um, and then they get, they get in their stupid sci-fi plane, <laughs> And do the whole thing where they connect to the bottom of the hatch and everything. Um. <laughs> and um, I okay, yeah. So I thought maybe I miss because you know I miss things sometimes. These movies, it's can be, it is 
can be a lot hard to follow this movie because they throw so much information at you and it kind of reminds me of like people talk about like the big lebowski as like the the mystery of it like people being kidnapped and shit um the the mystery of it doesn't matter you don't actually need to like follow the like quote-unquote mystery that's in the movie yeah and i kind of feel like it's the same thing with this but it's about like the logic of how any of this is happening or why (laughs) yeah um so yeah you didn't say anything here that would answer my question immediately um but when they show up to do this to get Mm -hmm. to get on this airplane uh kurt russell's decked out in a tuxedo um and was he coming from something yeah so that is on you that one's on that one's on me Uh, yeah because i i like i I like looked up and i was like jesus man Kurt Russell's dressed to kill right now. Uh, yeah, why is that? A, there's a very weird scene where he's like at some fancy black tie dinner, hitting on a woman very poorly, doing a very bad job of trying to hit on this wim- this woman. And then I he must gets have a call. This, yeah. I... <laughs> and then he gets a call that's basically like, "Hey, the movie's <laughs> the movie's starting," and then he has to go and still in his suit to the war room and everything okay and yeah but, he spends like the whole movie in his suit slowly taking off parts of it like his tie and shit. <laughs> yeah, one he doesn't by take one. his tie off until like an hour into the movie yeah that's like the first thing you do my man yeah that's that's step one um okay yeah that mu- that scene must have meant so so little to me that i just it, did, it didn't even register to me so yeah uh <laughs> sounds about right yeah <laughs> um so okay and uh, I do have a note right here as they're attaching their like sci-fi plane to the oceanic flight. Uh, what the fuck is any of this? It's pretty wild. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it is just dumb. Like it, it's it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it being dumb. Yeah, but they do like treat it super seriously, and like there's nothing weird about it or like sci-fi about it. um but they send the engineer up there i don't remember why he has to fucking go but they send him up into the plane and then a bunch of steven's men and then the plane hits turbulence um and i do not know if it's like because they're attached to the bottom it like throws the weight off that would certainly make sense but i don't think there's anything in the movie to like speak on that yeah i don't think that they ever say that yeah they just hit a bunch of turbulence and one of the steven's men like falls and hits his head real bad and then like dangles halfway through the tunnel and they're because of the turbulence the sci-fi plane is starting to lose its connection yeah so uh, they gotta hurry before it disconnects and depressurizes and so Kurt Russell's like, well, we got to save this dude who's like dangling here. So he climbs up the ladder into the plane so he can pull the dude up. And then there's no time for Steven to follow up. And they have to shut the hatch at the bottom of the plane before it disconnects or they're all going to get sucked out. Um, so Steven sacrifices himself yeah. and shuts, shuts their hatch for them. And then the... <laughs> the tube disconnects from the plane and you get an absolutely just fucking incredible (laughs) shot. Like, I mean, incredible shot, a wide shot of the plane. You can see like both planes, the oceanic and the little sci-fi plane. 
and you just see this little fucking rag doll of Steven getting sucked out, bouncing <laughs> off the bottom of the plane and just disappearing out of frame. It's ex- it's extremely violent. It is it is the death Perfect. it is the death that that Steven Seagal has had coming towards him uh, for his actions in the seven or eight movies we've watched before this one. It is so fucking perfect. It is so cathartic to watch this goofy, but still kind of just like nasty, horrific death happen to Steven. It's such like a, I don't know. It's, it's treated with weight in the sense, like uh, you get the line. Kurt Russell's like, we're not going to make it. And Steven says, you are, and then shuts the hatch. So it's like treated with this like weight of, you know, sacrifice. Yeah. But then the shot is just goofy as hell. It is really funny. Um, it is really good. I have, I, and again, I, I just trying to separate Stephen, Stephen the man from Stephen the artist <laughs> here for a moment. Uh, and from the director here, the artist. Um, and, uh, it makes no sense um, in, in in that regard. Like this, this is supposed to be a heroic deed, and they they give him such a dishonorable death scene. <laughs> um, I mean, this is this is a truly disrespectful death scene right here uh, that Stephen gets. And so, um, yeah, I mean that, that that's that's what I've got to say on it here. It's it, it's uh, it it was kind of nice and relieving certainly watching the movie and realizing that the weakest actor in the whole movie <laughs> wasn't going to be in it anymore. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was freeing. It was like, uh, opening up a new world. It was like, Oh, let's, it's like, Hey, you know what? How this goes. <laughs> it's like, Hey, you know what? We might have a movie in front of us here, fellas. And we get so close. Oh, so close. Um, yeah. Right after this, that cause the uh, cockpit gets an alert that they, you know, the, that hatch is open yeah and the dudes are pretty chill about it (laughs) i mean to be fair i guess there are armed gunmen in the cockpit yeah so they do have like already a lot of shit on their minds (laughs) there's there's like maybe some context like maybe they don't fully understand what happened down there but they're like i fucking all right they're they're doing something yeah they're just like whatever it's fine this light that says part of the plane is open comes on all the time it's cool but the uh, hijackers want them to go check it out. And they send the co-pilot down into the bottom of the plane. And he sees Kurt Russell and all the men. And they show him their American flag. So they know that they're, uh, you know, the, the heroes of the world. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they're on the good team. Yeah. And so there's the whole sequence of the dude being down there and he has to keep calm and not let on to the hijackers that there's soldiers in the fucking basement of the plane. And, uh, one of them peeks around down there. He just stays up at the, you know, looking down in the hatch and it's kind of tense. It's a, it was, it was kind of tense. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a real scene in a real movie. I mean, a lot of this is like a real movie. Yeah. It's just slow as hell. But, I mean, it's not bad. You get, um, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to kind of jump through, you know, pull yeah. out what uh, yeah, I mean, stuck out. We're, we're in kind of uh, uh, uncharted territory here um, for us. Uh, so we can kind of just do whatever we want, I guess, with the rest of this movie. Because <laughs> uh, Steven's not in it folks there, there steven seagal yeah, is not that's it in. that's yeah. that's our episode <laughs> on executive decision <laughs> yeah the rest of this movie 
You know, it's uh, it's not a Steven Seagal movie anymore. This isn't a Steven Seagal movie. This is a Kurt Russell movie. And uh, this movie actually kind of offered us a window into an uh, alternate reality where we were doing a, a Kurt Russell podcast. Um, a much, a much, much, a much different podcast, just much, in general. Yeah, much different, a much better time. I kind of, I, I can just think of so many. I mean, this isn't a Kurt Russell movie that I love by any means, but I can think of so many off the top of my head that I, I would enjoy watching for a second or third time. I, I was gonna say I think of some Kurt Russell movies I don't like that I would rather watch. Than <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. So and and you know what I I would take watching this movie over almost uh, any Steven Seagal movie uh, to date. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Some of them are like 90 minutes long, dude. That's true. Uh, this That's one is 45 so minutes. That's well, 45 minutes shorter than this. Here's the thing. If you took, if you just took the first 45 minutes, because 45 minutes or so in is when Steven dies, if, if I remember uh-huh. correctly. So, yeah, no, it's like exactly 45. So hear me out. What if... What if you okay. just what if you what if you just cut those forty five minutes off of the movie and didn't change anything about the rest of the movie? Like we just had to figure out via context clues what was going on. Would you take that movie over over what we actually have here? Honestly, yes. Because the idea of just taking like <laughs> literally like cutting it like they're on the plane and just like that's it we're in yeah sounds wild and i would appreciate that <laughs> yeah, you would appreciate um, how fucking ridiculous it was but no there is like a really good movie in here i think the idea that they were going for with steven dying at, like 45 minutes is like trying to trick the audience almost you know yeah like that you got steven seagal in there you know he's an action hero um they're kind of setting up this thing that him and kurt russell are going to be button heads the whole time but then you you know unite together at the end to save the day and i think it's supposed to be like a twist when he dies certainly yeah. um it would be much more of a twist for me again if he had been in like the opening credits at all yeah. um then it definitely would have gotten me but it just i don't know it just doesn't work quite as well as that maybe because he is steven seagal <laughs> yeah and he's just especially now he's like right at the end of his kind of quote unquote fame. Like he, his star is falling by the time this movie comes out. Yeah. We are two full, um, like Steven Seagal led movies before we hit direct to DVD territory. So he is on the way down already. So the fact that he is like such a small part in this movie, isn't like a twist really. Yeah. And again, if he was credited higher, maybe it would be. But if they had somebody else in that role, it would be it would hit a lot harder. Yeah. Like you know, like fucking like Stallone or some shit. I mean, it was ninety five, but still. Yeah. I mean, and, and so many people. Yeah, and and I'll say this about this movie: this, this movie has a few things I think going for it. Um, the uh, the first one being that Steven Seagal is not the main character in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, another big one, and I'm, and I'm certain you will agree with me on this, uh, is that if I am not mistaken, and I'm pretty pretty damn sure I'm not mistaken. Well, actually, I'm 100% sure I'm not mistaken, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, we never have to see Halle Berry on screen with Steven Seagal a single time in this movie. <laughs> no, there's there there's no way. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Um, uh, so what a great uh, thing that is. 
for this film. Um, yeah, that's true. It's always good when there's nothing uh, romantic between Steven or Steven doesn't have to get close to a woman in general. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, Halle Berry's in this movie. She's uh, uh, a beautiful, wonderful actress. And uh, I would never I would never want to have to see her uh, sh- sharing any part of a frame with Steven Seagal. So that made me very happy in this film, for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, <laughs> again, I was, like, on board with this movie for, for a good amount of its runtime. It just... It just goes on too long. There's this whole fucking thing where the engineer dude and uh, the guy who hit his head is pretty severely concussed, so they have to like tie him down, laying laying down, so he doesn't move or anything. Mm -hmm. And you get like a a large part of the movie is that they found where the nerve toxin is, and the engineer and the concussed man are trying to like work together to disarm it, and. A lot, not a lot, but a solid amount of the movie is dedicated to that. And then at the end of it, they're just like, oh, fuck, we can't, we can't uh, disarm it because there's a remote detonator that could always just blow it no matter what. And I mean, I get like they need to find that, but at the same time, the movie doesn't need to dedicate so much time to them disarming it before they figure it out. Yeah, they, they spend a lot of time on that bomb before they figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you could drop another, like, five minutes out of the movie with just cutting out that shit. Just having them, like, find the nerve toxin, try to disarm it, and immediately be like, oh, fuck, we can't. Yeah. No. And then, and then go on with the rest of the movie. Yeah, if you brought this thing down to 90 minutes, I mean, we'd have, we'd have had a pretty all right film on our hands here. We'd have had a pretty okay action movie in front of us. I think if, I think if you cut 15 minutes, I think two hours... It would be a little on the long side, but it kind of could earn it. It's it, it can be it's okay if this movie is a little over long, but it's too over long. Yeah, definitely. There's this whole fucking thing with a, a senator. We get another senator. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, we still get a lot and, of the that, hallmarks of a Steven Seagal movie. Yeah. And and he comes to absolutely nothing. The, there's like a, a part where Hassan goes up to him and is like you're the senator <laughs> what an honor to have you on my flight bye now and the movie says bye for a while and then suddenly we remember there's the senator and there's this whole scene where he like tries to negotiate with him so he can because he's he's running for president yeah and uh he, he tries to negotiate with the hijackers to you know get cloud i mean it would be big for his campaign if he fucking negotiated i mean allegedly the thing is is he's trying to negotiate with them to like get them everything they ask for yeah he really doesn't drive a hard bargain uh yeah and i don't know if it would be good for like his polls if he was just like i'm the guy that got those uh that let those terrorists win yeah because one of their main bargaining chips is that they want the guy who was captured earlier yeah, in in the movie at the mm-hmm. at the wedding, they want to get him freed. They have a whole big celebration on the plane when they find out that he was freed. And um, so yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it being good for your campaign to be like, I'm the guy that freed that terrorist. We caught a few days after we caught him. <laughs> yeah, like that's like the kind of that's like the tough decision that like presidents have to make and shit. But that's not like the shit that you do as a campaign stunt. Yeah, that's uh. <laughs> It's not the front front page of your 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 campaign ads for that election season. Yeah, 
But re- regardless, the, the uh, senator ends up getting shot in the head. Yeah. Um, I guess as a way of showing that the terrorists that hijacked this plane are serious. Yeah. Um, and that's something that you can just take out of the fucking movie. You can, that can go. Yeah, none of that really needed to be there. Because yeah. it doesn't amount Steve, to anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It doesn't amount to anything. There's nothing. It doesn't raise or lower the stakes in any way whatsoever to, as to what's yeah. going on with Kurt Russell or his mission uh, or the, the fucking nerve gas on, on, the, on the plane. None of that is affected by this politician getting shot. Um, it, yeah, it really it's is. It's completely it's, useless. Yeah, total big nothing. Nothing to it. And then there's a little bit of the movie where Kurt Russell... Uh, who's like leading the team now for some reason um, <laughs> yeah. as the least qualified yeah, ta- or maybe tactical second genius. least he might be a little bit more qualified than the engineer guy sure, but yeah. um, he's like enlists Halle Berry's help as um, just some you know somebody on there they try and have her find the trigger man that can de- remote detonate the bomb but she also even in that like kind of subplot doesn't really do that much. She uh, gives him the wrong, or, or like suggests the wrong seat number yeah. for the trigger man. And I think that's like it. Is there like anything else that she really does? <laughs> Not really. She answers the phone and gets hit, yeah. uh, hit by our British terrorist. Yeah. And uh, then she answers the phone again and doesn't get hit. And then yep. uh, she gives the information. Yeah, yeah. She she gets in the information for the wrong seat, and that's it. Yeah. And I did I did really like this part because she's writing the exact seat number down on her hand, and uh, she shows it to like where they have their little camera <laughs> and Kurt Russell and one of these other dudes is looking at it and they're like two one k, and then they look at each other <laughs> and in unison go twenty one k, and then they give a they they get a big fucking massive high five yeah it was like it was a different movie for a couple seconds (laughs) yeah it was a a sports movie for a second um pretty good pretty great stuff yeah um and i mean i'm just gonna jump to the fucking end of the movie yeah pretty much yeah yeah I mean, I, I think that there's not too much that really needs to be said for what happens between now and the end. It's like they get on, they realize, hey, the gas really is here. Uh, they uh, try to shut it down. Kurt Russell's never seen the terrorist before, but he would know his voice if they heard it. So they go on this whole fucking crazy ass shit where Kurt Russell's climbing around in like the fucking, what, what, what like some crawl space on the top of the plane trying to. Yeah, to it's like the him. attic of the plane. Yeah. Uh,. And then uh, it just you know let's get to the end. I mean that's pretty much all that happens. It's you know it's it's yeah and and it's not just because Stephen isn't in the rest of the movie either. It really is just like nothing actually happens. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So the end of the movie is Kurt Russell realizes that they need they have like and again this is something I don't really know why but they have like five minutes to stop the uh, remote guy. I think it's like they have five minutes before the Navy's just going to shoot the plane down. Yeah. Yeah. I I imagine, (laughs) but they have like five minutes to find this trigger man and stop the bomb. 
And so Kurt Russell poses as another terrorist. He like puts on a hoodie and puts up the hood and gets a gun and like pretends that he's got Halle Berry at gunpoint to like walk into the cabin of the plane with her. Which doesn't really make sense. Like it's not like the other terrorists are gonna are just gonna assume that Kurt Russell's like one of them that they've forgotten. Uh he's not even in brown face. Yeah. But they uh he just kind of sneaks up until he sees the guy at 21K, but he realizes that it's the wrong dude. And then he looks around and sees a guy he recognizes um, as an, another terrorist and is able to... Well, he's, he knows that that's going to be the remote triggerman. And then there's this whole thing of him, you know, scrabbling to get this, like, fucking... Like, I don't even know, like, a PDA or something the dude has to try and <laughs> yeah. detonate this bomb. And uh, you get Wilford Brimley, or fake Wilford Brimley, finally proves useful. Um, Kurt Russell recognizes the dude, and then Hassan comes around the corner at Kurt Russell, and then Wilford Brimley shoots him. And uh, I really thought that that was it for like the main bad guy. I really thought that this like uh, air marshal that barely gets any screen time, but we keep being reminded of, got the like final kill. Yeah, and I was kind of impressed with that. Of course, it turns out to be false because they're never dead the first time. But and and um, nothing in this movie ever means anything uh, immediately, uh, and some and most times it never means anything ever. But certainly nothing, nothing ever. Is, again, that's why I thought Steven was gonna live because <laughs> it's it's just like you know they let the fucking you know the bad guy live. Uh, but but you really thought Steven was gonna survive, dude. Have you been watching the same movies I've been watching? Like, yes, I I, I really <laughs> did think Steven was gonna survive. I was like, I don't know, maybe we we're gonna find him at the runway, and he was gonna be like, "You crazy!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was gonna be like, he was gonna be like in a hospital, like in the back of an ambulance, be like, "You crazy son of a bitch!" Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, alas, that did not happen. Yeah, so then there's this big struggle between Kurt Russell and the Triggerman with the bomb. And somebody, like, there's a big shootout between all the hijackers and all of Steven's men. And somebody, uh, one of the hijackers gets shot and his gun kind of goes off wildly and he shoots a window, which depressurizes the plane and, like, a big hole blows a big hole in it and just starts sucking people out. Yeah. And I do love that shit. I love some people getting sucked out of planes. Um, which is why I, I was so delighted by Steven's fate. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, all these people are getting sucked out. Um, Kurt, Ru- Kurt Russell like goes up to the cockpit, and Hassan's still alive. Um, he he, Kurt Russell's like you. It's too late. You failed. Does some pretty standard action movie climax shit. And then Hassan shoots into the cockpit to kill the pilots. So Kurt Russell has to land the plane. And uh, like I said, luckily the beginning of the movie la- uh, land- laid the groundwork for Kurt Russell to land this plane. Otherwise, we wouldn't have uh, believed it. I-, I wouldn't have believed it exactly. I wouldn't have been able to follow the movie at all. Yeah. And, and, he, and he lands the plane. Like, duh. It really is fucked up that anytime there's an action movie... That involves the plane. The climax is gonna be how do we land this plane? Yeah. I am <sighs> because there's never any tension with it. It's 
I, I, I hate that. I hate that trope so fucking much. Yeah. I, I'm tired of seeing people have to land planes. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know, just let them crash at once, huh? <laughs> or just have it be like, good. <laughs> because cause you have the opportunity with Kurt Russell having, you know what? You have the opportunity with the beginning of the movie being that stupid scene of him showing that he knows how to land a plane. You have the opportunity for everybody to be freaking out and then Kurt Russell be like, Hey guys, relax. I got this. Yeah. Cut to them on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Movie's ten minutes shorter. Everybody gets to go home early. Yeah, everybody's happy. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the movie, Halle Berry and Kurt Russell are gonna go on a date. Yep. Um, they do some light flirting. I, it it kind of, and I guess you won't be able to uh, agree with me or disagree because you just didn't watch the part where he's like hitting on that woman. <laughs> yeah. But it is like a, a weird scene because it is like he, he's doing such an awkward job that it feels intentional. It's, it's long enough to where it's not like we're cut in like... Okay, it's not like we cut right in and it's like the tail end of a sentence and some lady coming up to Kurt Russell. There's like a good like amount of time dedicated to him trying to talk to this woman and doing a bad job at it. Enough to where it feels like that is what you're supposed to gather from that scene. So then at the end, when him and Halle Berry are like effortlessly talking and he asks her out, it feels like it's supposed to be like the resolution of his like, character arc like he's grown now yeah now now <laughs> through the, these events now he, to be able to talk to women and now he can he can hit on Halle Berry whenever he feels like it yeah it's it's weird my last note is Halle Berry and Kurt Russell are gonna date movie sucks yeah uh my last note a little different um my last note is and this is a I guess a question I'll pose to you uh-huh. uh so Steven Seagal in this film is basically not a part of this film. Uh, no. He still kills, you know, three, four, or five people in it. That's true. So, I ask you this. Assuming Steven is the the star, the main man in our next film, mm-hmm. what, what kind of killing spree do you think Steven's going to have to go on to make up for this? Oh, I hope it's like... Uh crushing necks with one arm yeah i hope i hope it's just him it's the same thing it's him running through a yard but instead of stabbing people in the neck he's just wrapping his hands around their necks and squeezing just just running down there with his arms out just it's like crunching them i was doing a little hand motion there as like the punchline for the bit but i'm alone in this office (laughs) so yeah i think it'd be good get him like crushing like a a cartoonish amount of necks in the next movie. God, I, I sincerely hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is there anything else you really want to say about executive decision? I, we do get a titular line in the war room. We do. They're trying to figure out what to do. And somebody, I don't even know fucking who is like, call the president. It's an executive decision now. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, and you know, the, the president isn't in this movie. There's no president figure. And they explain it away by being like, the president's out of the country. Yeah. Like, uh, as if there isn't like a major terrorist attack on the United States happening, like they wouldn't get the man on a fucking connect call. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, the president couldn't be bothered. Um, the, pre- the president's on vacation. Yeah, sorry, guys. He's golfing. The president's off for the week. Um, yeah, we can uh, take it up with the secretary if you like. She'll, uh, they'll take a message for you. Um, so, uh, executive decision. Uh, one other thing, say before we really wrap up here. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we're now we're now starting to build a uh, a running tally of of a last week it was Breaking Bad characters. We now also have a, ru- oh. a running tally of Scrubs characters now uh, finding their way into our Steven Seagal uh, canon here. Uh, yeah, I have that same note. Yeah, I've got Doctor Kelso in this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know his real name. Um, I, Ken Jenkins. Ken Jenkins. When I watched Scrubs, I was too young to care about anybody's names, and so. I, I looked it up. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I looked it up when we were watching the movie. I didn't know. Um, and then, of course, John C. McGinley yeah. as Magruder in uh, On Deadly Ground. In, right? on, in On Deadly Ground, yeah. Uh, and arguably the most psychotic character in, in one of these movies. It's between Dr. Cox and uh, the the guy that does all the crack in Out oh, for Justice. Oh, Richie? And Richie. I, I, it's probably Richie. Yeah, it is. It's probably still Richie, but I don't know. They, it's probably Richie. They both, you know, quick trigger fingers on those guys. Um, yeah. Uh, unfortunate, unfortunate characters, both of them. Although uh, Richie, by far, a more enjoyable to watch character than than the John C. McGinley's character, in my opinion. No, I, I'd agree. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I wanted to bring up is. There's a scene kind of earlier on when they're on the plane and they give Kurt Russell a gun because they think that they're going to have to just go in there and start shooting everybody, hope for the best. And they give Kurt Russell a gun and John Leguizamo gives him the advice, like, don't look into his eyes. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I remember that. It's good stuff. Yeah, well, it's fucking heavy. Yeah. And it was just um, yeah, I really, like... really established. <laughs> yeah, I really had to ponder that one for a minute. I was like, oh my God, man. Yeah, well, I mean, just can you fucking imagine like steven saying that to somebody in any of these movies god no like it really yeah it really establishes how different this is from like every other steven seagal movie we've watched where steven's like intentionally making eye contact with every person he kills yeah it's the first one to really show any like weight of death like at all like of any of them yeah um yeah i mean the the movies prior to this is very much just like a body count thing it's just like how many how many people can Steven kill? Um, how many people will Steven kill? Will he show no mercy to? Um, but uh, yeah, that's nice, I guess. You have to have a little bit of weight uh, in this one. Again, we're, we're really close to a real movie here. Yeah. If only. If only. And I mean, that's under siege. Um, yeah, it's, first movie where Steven died. It's uh, it's actually not under siege. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's executive decision. <laughs> but, you know, it's pretty close to under siege. Huh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, my, I meant I wanted to say, and I wanted to bring it up on the air, uh, as our loyal fans, and that's the only kind we have, yeah. No, as our loyal fans know, uh, we often record after I've uh, done my job. And as uh, even more loyal fans know, I work uh, remotely for call, a call center. Yeah. Uh, and that, then that's when you edit in just like booze <laughs> and jeering and stuff. Like people throwing popcorn. Yeah, you don't have to tell me, man. Yeah. Um, 
And today I was um, kind of getting prepped for the episode. And I had my, it was very slow earlier today. And uh, I had my Stephen Destroy hat on. And somebody called and I went to answer the phone. I was just like, welcome to, <clears throat> thank you for calling. Because <laughs> I was about to just welcome them to Stephen Destroy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, surely there's nothing less welcoming at a call center. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, welcome to Steven. Destroy the podcast where we watch everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that that's probably the uh, the next evolution of this podcast is that we turn it into a call center. And uh, Yeah, oh, okay. Or like a call-in show. Well, no. Uh, people can call us and uh, ask us about uh, each Steven Seagal movie. Like, uh, yeah, like a call-in show. <laughs> well, no, we won't uh, air it. Uh, it, it'll be uh, oh, yeah, it'll, oh it'll, okay. it'll, it'll just be like to help people. Uh, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, people call. You know, they'll be concerned. Like, like um, my husband kind of wants to watch a movie called On Deadly Ground, and I heard that you fellas could help me out with that. Yeah, I'd be like, no, no, recommend Out for Justice. <laughs> uh, yeah, which we of course would never do. Oh no, never. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're always yeah. just going to end up recommending Terminator. <laughs> or like anything yeah, else. Yeah, there's there's gonna be a questionnaire at the end and like a BuzzFeed questionnaire. But it the the answer Oh, which Steven Seagal movie should you watch? Yeah. And then the answer is just a non Steven Seagal movie. Yeah, every single time. Every time everyone's just commando. Yeah, it's commando every time. Yeah. Um so that is not under siege, that's an executive decision. <laughs> yeah. By Stu, the Stewster. Stewie, also known, also known as the editor on a lot of movies. Um, he edited Skyfall and Casino Royale. Um, some good movies. Yeah, that's it. And he's got a, a, a pretty long list. Lethal Weapon. Um, the only other ones he's directed were Star Trek Nemesis. And then something called U.S. Marshals. I guess what I find... This... Whoa, wait, hold oh. on. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Breaking news. U.S. Marshals is a spinoff of The Fugitive. Oh. Focusing on Tommy Lee Jones' character. Um, the Fugitive also. very uh, now, now even more deeply entrenched into the Steven Seagal universe, uh, The Fugitive is. Yeah. Um, I just didn't know that. I never knew that at all. You know, something I find kind of interesting about these movies, um, speak, speaking of directors and uh, obviously our, our friend Stu here is a, a bit more of a an editor and uh, apparently a quite talented one, uh, given uh, some of the movies he just railed off there. But I was... He's got a pretty nice... He's got a pretty nice uh, filmography Yeah. <clears throat> and of, a good CV. And of course, um, director of The Fugitive is also under siege. Uh, under siege and above the and law. above the law so i think about those movies and i think about <laughs> lethal weapon and you just mentioned a couple of james bond movies for our friends too and it's like uh it's like these are really good movies with like a lot of talented people working on them and the people that worked on them that worked on these seagal movies are very talented people it would seem and mm-hmm. uh i'm thinking like man like how do they how do these Seagal movies just end up always being so bad with these people on them? And, and I think, I think the answer comes down to two things for me. It's one is it's a, it's of course, it's the big, it's the big elephant with a goatee in the room. Um, 
uh, with Mr. Steven Seagal. Was this our first? Hold on. Brief aside. Was this our first Seagal goatee movie? Was he did was he goateed up in this one? I don't think so. Is oh, he? Oh fuck, dude. <laughs> I could I could pull it up. Did yeah? Did I imagine that? Or or, or is Stephen? Uh, is this the dawn of a new era? I I don't think he has the goatee. Okay. I do not believe so because it's, I think he. Sh- I think. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he like grows the goatee as a response to how bad his face looks in this one. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it's just like leathery and gross. Um, but I'm pulling it up. I gotta mute it so that way we don't. Okay, um, no, it, it it would appear as though he is not goateed up in this movie. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, whatever. Fine. From from what I've uh, from what I'm able to gather. No, here. I've I've got it pulled up right now. Yeah, he's not he's not goateed. He's not goateed. Damn. All right. Um, He's sans goatee. But uh, we will. Th- this is good that I mentioned it here, though. That we will be sure to commemorate the first uh, Seagal uh, goatee movie for sure. Of course. Uh, but yes, he is the big goateed elephant in the room on why these movies keep going up bad. But it also feels like it's like I feel like any great director, or certainly, uh, you know, on a, on a less uh, you know publicized scale, I would imagine any any great editor or anything like that. Uh, can always look back at their career and look back at the early moments of it and be like, like, oh yeah, that one really didn't turn out that good. That one didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. And it's just funny how these moments always seem to coincide with <laughs> Steven Seagal movies. <laughs> like, even well, there's also yeah, go ahead. There's also like a, a a kind of a parallel where a good amount of them are either like, um, again, the guy who did the Fugitive, whose name I do not remember, yeah. <laughs> but. Or they're going to be, like, fucking Bruce Malmuth from Hard to Kill, who did, like, one other movie nobody ever heard of, and that's it. Yeah. It, it's um, almost like a rite of passage thing. It's like, if you can get through this and still stabilize your career <laughs> afterwards, then, like, you will establish yourself as somebody that can put together a decent action movie in Hollywood, for sure. Um, uh, or you'll you'll be, like, the Hard to allegedly. Kill guy. Yeah, allegedly. Well, I mean, The Fugitive. Bruce. The Fugitive's good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. We're a pro fugitive uh, uh, podcast here. We're pro Harrison Ford generally podcast here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so I did predict that because of Stephen dying so early on, and then also just the movie itself, that we would be that we would have a little bit of extra room to uh, to play, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I uh, I have a new segment. Okay. I'm, a, I'm uh, on the edge of my seat. No, yeah, no, I, I no I was no excitement. Wait, I was no, waiting no waiting with bated breath there, man. I, I oh for the theme song to kick or, in or for for you to announce what it was. I well, I don't have a theme song. Okay, I just didn't want to step on your toes there, man. I wanted wanted you to have the no, floor. I appreciate yeah. It. This is called. What Steven is this? <laughs> All right. Great. And it's a, it's a, I don't know if I already said, but it's a game uh, for you specifically because <laughs> yeah. I can't play it because I know, I know all the, yeah, answers. I'm the sole participant. It, yeah. It's solely for you. Um, you have to, there's 11 quote unquote questions. Okay. And you have to get six of them right. Otherwise, you have to watch Above the Law again. Oh, my fucking God. Okay. Um, okay, so can you explain the premise of, of, of the game? So I have 
11 different quotes Ugh. from online user reviews of Steven Seagal movies okay. from like Amazon and IMDb and stuff. And you have to guess which of the Steven Seagal movies we've watched the quote, the review was up. Oh, okay. Great. Okay. And I, I did genuinely try to pick ones that like could p- maybe, you know, like slightly more specific stuff, not just like great movie. Right. <laughs> Shit, you yeah. know? Okay. And anything we've watched movie wise is on the table. Nothing SNL or Roseanne, but of the movies we've watched. Okay. So my one question before we start this game, am I allowed to, ha- am okay. I allowed to have the list of the movies in front of me? Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if I had to recall totally from from memory here. No, dude. I called this movie Under Siege. <laughs> okay. Good. 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 Okay. Because I was I was gonna have to watch Above the Law again, no matter what, uh, if that were the case. But okay. <clears throat> I think I think we can handle this, uh, or at least we've got a shot here. We getting set up? I'm ready. I I was waiting for you. Do you have? the the movie oh yeah sorry i already had them up okay all right you ready yes all right i am an aikido student myself and when i watch this movie i believe he goes against a lot of the philosophies (laughs) that he gives when teaching (laughs) oh man okay so i have to try to think about what i feel like uh, a movie Steven was especially violent in, uh, I feel like. Um, I feel like uh, something Steven talks about, certainly in his SNL appearance, and just maybe in like the one or two interviews I've seen with him, is he mentions a lot about like Zen and, uh, you know, uh, and, and just a general principle of a lot of martial arts movies is like you learn it for the art, you know, you don't learn it just to go around and fuck people up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't think of a movie in which Steven Seagal goes around and fucks people up more than Above the Law. So I am going to go with Above the Law on this one. Wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Out for Justice. Out for Justice. Uh, that was another. That was another top choice for me. Okay. All right. Jesus. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Sure. Even Seagal is good. Um, okay. Uh, this sounds the most like Under Siege. Wrong. What? Executive decision. Seagal wasn't good in this movie. Stop it. <laughs> That's not right. You are on a rough streak, my That's dude. not right. Well, that's what the, the, that's what the reviewer said. Ugh. Fuck the reviewer. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Oh, I maybe. I'm going to go over 11 on this. I know, I know. The racism is used as a plot device. It's still uncomfortable. <laughs> that has to be marked for death. Wrong. What? How's that not marked for on, death? On deadly ground. Okay, yeah, it is pretty uncomfortable on that one, too. Well, again, it's just like which racist Steven Seagal movie we've seen so far. All right. (laughs) 
Oh for three, my dude. I like to think that in an alternate universe, I'm three for three. Like I, I like to think that I had good reason for picking all three of the ones that I've done so far. Um, you did say Seagal was good in Under Siege. Well, I said it's a. I thought it's a movie people like, and maybe somebody would like it in spite of Steven Seagal because Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey are good in it. And uh, all right, and that they'd be like, you know what? Even Steven's all right in this movie, which I wouldn't agree with, but I can certainly understand. Okay, I'm gonna give you this next one. I'll I'll, I'll throw you a bone. Um, nah, maybe not. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how you do on it. Um, people are right. With all the action that goes on, his outfit doesn't get ripped. <laughs> I, who the fuck knows man i mean the only movie that we've talked about in which we've discussed steven's outfits uh was out for justice um that was a very outfit heavy episode that's that's the that's the beret and the sleeveless t-shirt mm-hmm. so um i can't think of another movie so far where that would have mattered but then again like i don't know if anybody else cares about what we cared about in out for justice because i feel like you and i have a very different relationship with that movie than most people do (laughs) that might be true yeah so i don't know i'm just gonna go with out for justice because i i'm not exactly sure whatever what other movie they'd be talking about all right well that's wrong but i i will let this one go because it it wasn't i didn't feel as specific yeah um, so I'll pass you on yep. this one, but it was under siege under two. Siege two, fair. Oh yeah, I guess that one makes sense because he's like under the train and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what the reviewer said, but that was too specific, oh, so I had to get rid of. Fair it. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Okay, you ready? I guess. All right. I didn't like the way he looked because he was too thin, but that is a mute point. <laughs> okay, he gets heavier every movie. So this has to be above the law. Correct. Okay. Nice. Above the law. All right, you're picking up steam. There we go. Not dead yet. Okay. All right. This infamous scene has become quite the running joke between me, my wife, my brother-in-law, and sister. <laughs> Generally speaking, red-blooded males will cherish the scene, whereas wives and girlfriends will hate it. Okay. Um, Hard to Kill is the only film with gratuitous sex scenes. And this, uh, given what I know about the Seagal fandom... uh, Wait! Ooh, but hold on. There is the part in Under Siege where the girl pops out of the cake... And uh, it sounds like this guy's being kind of fucking gross. <laughs> and uh, and so maybe he... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Under seizure or hard to kill. What am I going to pick here? <laughs> maybe I'm wrong no matter what. <laughs> uh, this is tough. I, I'll, I'll tell you that you are, if you pick one of those, going to be correct. Oh. Is there any, like, particularly funny... He said it's a running joke? 
He says it's a running joke between him, his wife, his brother-in-law, and sister. And sister. It's a running joke. I can't think of anything that you could even find humor in in Hard to Kill. <laughs> like, I can I... I, I <sighs> fuck. <laughs> you are taking this a lot more seriously than I anticipated. You know, there was a part of this in which uh, being threatened with watching Above the Law again was brought up, and so I, I really don't want to get these wrong. I'm going to go with Under Siege. Correct. Fuck yes. It is the part where she pops out of the cave. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. <clears throat> this movie is based on truth in regards to what is really going on in the world. Full of action. <laughs> um, uh, give me hard to kill on this one. <laughs> Wrong. Damn. What one was it? Marked for death. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I was hoping that this would be some sort of like half-hearted, like uh, like woke. Like I'm gonna take you to the blood bank. They're like, yeah, man, yeah. Oh, the bankers. See, I I I put that in there as a trick because um, I I was thinking maybe above the law because it's like so conspiracy theory. Yeah. I thought maybe you would think it was above the law. Yeah, I might also be mixing up above is, the uh, law and hard to kill because they they are extremely similar movies. Yeah, it's. I mean, no, uh, hard to kill would work in theory. You could, you know, think that that's how every senator became yeah a senator. Um. So I think you're four. You got four wrong now and two right. Um. And I gave you one. Yeah, pass. you gave me one pass. So that means I have two right and three wrong. No, you have four wrong. Oh well, I, I didn't know that that one, I didn't right. know that that one was counting towards my score here, though. No, it didn't. But you've still got four. Oh, wrong. I still had four wrong. Great, awesome. Yeah, love that. <laughs> okay, you ready? Uh huh. Now, I am realizing that I have not done. I did not do this for every single movie. Oh yes, I did. Anyway, <laughs> cool. Um, this is one that we've already done. I'll give you that. Okay. Hint. This is like a movie that we've already had one quote from. Cool. This is probably one of the greatest introductions I have ever appreciated in action history. Um, my gut tells me on deadly ground. Um, because he does walk away from a big ass explosion in On Deadly Ground. Um, I'm trying to think if he has any other like particularly good introductory scenes in any of these movies. Um, You know the only the only introduction scene that I can recall because yeah because on Dudley Ground starts with the fucking bald eagle too doesn't it? It does. That's true. Yeah. Um. Fuck. I, I I might not be right on here, but if I were to pick my favorite opening scene to a Seagal movie so far, it would certainly be on Deadly Ground. So I'm gonna go with on Deadly Ground. Wrong. Which one was it? Out for justice. I don't even know if I remember how Out for Justice starts. With the 
pimp and he oh, throws the pimp through yeah. the, the car. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I still like on Deadly Ground. Right. Okay, well, <laughs> um, I did realize that I counted wrong and I have nine because I put the cake one twice oh. and then one that I've since decided I didn't want to use because it wasn't good okay. enough. But how about this? Okay. We have one left and... Um, if you get it, then you you pass. Okay, here we go. I love Steven Seagal. He, along with Carl Weathers, Chuck Norris, and Sylvester Stallone, among many other action stars from the 80s and 90s on the big screen, taught me what it means to be an American and American patriot. Fuck. That could be literally any of these movies. Yeah, that's why it's the last one. Ugh. It's the hardest. <laughs> okay. So he says uh, an American patriot, right? So that would say it's probably more likely that Stephen is a soldier than it is that Stephen is like a cop. Um, so... Fuck. Um. Okay, I'm gonna say it's probably not above the law, but then, but then again, it could still very easily be above the law. It's probably not out for justice. It probably isn't marked for death. But what would be the goofiest choice for it to have been? I don't know, dude. Um. <laughs> to have have been to be an American citizen, you know what? Uh, fuck, I'm gonna go with with hard to kill. You are correct. Fuck yes, it is hard to kill. You do not have to watch Above the Law Woo. again. <laughs> Hell yeah! Congratulations. Damn. Okay. Ah, uh, wow, what a relief that is. There's a weight off of my shoulders. <laughs> and that has been What Seagal Is This? Yeah. Ooh, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of What Seagal. Uh, wow. <laughs> Whew, heart was beating. All right. Yeah, you were really into it. I I was surprised that you didn't put up any argument at all with the premise that you'd have to watch about the law again. I don't know, man. If If you just put, like really dumb shit like that in front of me for whatever reason i'm very inclined to just go with it so i i i expected like uh you to at least be like how come you get to just decide that well i guess like when you're doing a show like this and you i have to endure as much as i have to endure for this already what's a little more you know what's a little icing on the cake uh okay then uh, let's go on to our other Yeah, segment. to our award-winning <laughs> segments here at the end. Yeah. Um, I'm going to dive into some IMDb trivia. Yeah. Um, so, allegedly, and this I, I thought was kind of bullshit. A lot of the IMDb trivia is almost certainly going to be bullshit, but some of it's, like, worded in a way that there's not even reason for, like, why you should believe yeah. it. But it's like allegedly and rumored has it. Uh, 
that Steven dies so early because Kurt Russell didn't want to work with him because he's a piece of shit. Um, yeah, that that was actually going to be... That was like the premise of what I was working with on what the IMDb trivia that I was going to make up was. So, oh. yeah, so somebody already... Another Seagal podcast already beat me to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they say that, like, rumor has it that uh, John Leguizamo's role was expanded to replace Seagal's, which doesn't really make sense at all because I could never see Steven Seagal in that character. Yeah. But, um, so I don't know how true that is. I would like it to be true because then it shows that Kurt Russell's kind of a good dude. He's still in the movie with him, but, uh, (laughs) it at least makes him look pretty good. Um, but some, some trivia that seems reliable is in John Leguizamo's biography, autobiography, he talks about how Steven Seagal physically attacked him in an effort to scare the cast and crew. Uh, he claims that he laughed at something Seagal said, thinking it was a joke, and to prove a point, Seagal elbowed him against a wall. Unbelievable. And then um, this one I really like and hope is true. Originally, Austin Travis was to die due to low cabin pressure, causing his head to explode. <laughs> Steven Seagal refused to shoot the scene for fear his fans would not like it. And Steven refused to do it and um, was going to leave. And then he agreed to do it. Otherwise, he would be uh, breaching his contract. But they compromised and changed the death. And I want that one to be true. Yeah, I would love for that to be true. I mean, I, a part of me wants all of these to be true. <laughs> um, and then I like this one just because it shows how stupid the IMDb trivia yeah. is. And those are some of my favorites. Uh, the name of Steven Seagal's character, Austin Travis, is derived from the city of Austin, Texas, which is located in Travis County. <laughs> the, co- the city of Austin and Travis County both are named to honor heroes of Texas. William Barrett Travis was commanding officer at the Alamo during the War for Independence against Mexico in 1836. <laughs> Stephen F. Austin led the first 300 settlers to Texas and is honored with the title of Father of Texas. What a beautiful story. Yeah, just so you can never forget that the IMDb trivia is just dumb. Yeah. Well, if there's any if there's any group of guys on the planet that knows how dumb the IMDb trivia is, <laughs> it's, it's these two. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, you got you got any ideas, or was the one you had snatched away? <sighs> it was kind of snatched, man. I feel a little a little hurt. Um, a little unoriginal, you know, <laughs> very, very not creative, but, um, yeah. Uh, have you got anything cooking up there today? Well, there is a, uh, Robert Rodriguez movie, uh, that he did called machete, mm-hmm. but then there's another one he did, um, planet terror, which was his half of the grindhouse double feature he did with Tarantino. Right, yeah. And, um, have have you seen Planet Terror? I it, I don't think you would have, but I know we watched it at Keegan's once. No, I haven't seen Planet. It's only because me and my roommate have been watching all the Tarantino movies that we, um, that I even know what Planet Terror is. <laughs> uh, Planet Terror doesn't hold up super well, but when I was like fifteen, I thought it fucking yeah. ruled. Um, Death Proof, I still like Death Proof holds yeah. up. 
Uh, talk, talk, speak in a good Kurt Russell movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, Death Proof's good. Yeah. But Planet Terror, uh, I'm going to spoil a little bit sure. for you and for our audience. Yeah. Um, but this movie's like over this is This is the most spoiler-heavy uh, podcast uh, on the market right now. So, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a part where it's like about a zombie apocalypse or whatever, but one of the main characters gives her like little boy a gun to defend himself while she leaves the car. And then the kid shoots himself in the head on accident, like immediately. Um, and to like, they didn't want to make, make like have the kid know that's what happens in the movie. So supposedly they shot like an entire alternate, like movie where the kid survives just so that way this kid wouldn't be like traumatized to know his character gets shot in the head and dies. <laughs> okay. So, so what I'm proposing is that they did the exact same thing with executive decision. So Steven Seagal wouldn't know his character died. So uh, here's something. What do you okay. think the chances are? And, and I, this isn't something that we need to edit right now. I say, I say we roll with that, but I think that we could also make an agreement right now that if there is a Seagal movie in the future in which he has to make some sort of a rescue on an airplane, I think that, that we should, we should probably say that that is the second movie that was shot, uh, along, alongside. Oh, they used footage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all reused footage from. And then they CGI'd Steven to make him <laughs> with a goatee. Yeah. Well, Steven didn't find out that his character died until about two or three years after the movie came out. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I and I'm that confident that it could happen within the next two to three years to where it might be worth <laughs> it might be worth thinking about. All right. So, do you want to go with the? Produ- I mean, it does kind of contradict some already existing trivia on the website. Well, I think that that's sort of do the we- point. Um, yeah, okay. I think that that's what ultimately is what we try to get out of these IMDb trivia uh, things is that really nothing about them matters. All right. So I have an alternate version of the movie was shot and filmed, which is kind of a contradiction was shot where Steven Seagal survives as producers didn't want him to know his character died. Do we need to kind of punch that up a little bit? Um, I don't know. Do we, I think, I, I mean, I think, I think he gets the point pretty well across but producers didn't want him to throw a fit that his character yeah, dies. they didn't want him uh to cry on set in front of his Seagal still does not know <laughs> because f- the actual yeah and then uh we can say because famously Seagal refuses to watch any movie he's ever been in because Seagal famously does not watch movies <laughs> there you go I like this one. I think it's one of our more watched ones. <laughs> yeah, I think so too, actually. An alternate version of the movie was shot where Steven Seagal survives as producers didn't want him to throw a fit that his character dies. Seagal still does not know the actual plot of the movie because Seagal famously does not watch movies. Yeah. That's pretty good, actually. I, I, I like that one quite a bit. Alrighty. Let us submit these updates. Track contributions. Pending. Uh, okay. Anything you want to do, or you want to get straight into uh, the good stuff? Let's um, let's you know what? Let's get right into the fucking good stuff, man. Let's go right for it. Let's sentence Seagal. 
and then the gavel sound right. effect. This um, I'm 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 you know, I'm not sure what you're gonna say here, but I, I feel like this is probably gonna be one of Steven's lighter weeks, um, because this movie. Uh, his my harshest punishment I've ever given him was for uh, a show he was in for about fifteen seconds. Um, yeah, but this was you know this movie was was whatever and uh, and um, Stephen had so little to do with it. So I, I don't know if I'm prepared to uh, come down too harshly on on Stephen here. But uh, curious to see what you'll say um, for our uh, our beloved antihero here, Stephen Seagal. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah uh or, or whatever he is not an anti-hero no, noted antagonist of this yeah <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah true our, our mortal enemy so you got you got one you want me i to want go you to first? go first here i, I, I want i oh, want to okay. flip things on its head this okay. time yeah yeah no problem um i really did not like this movie yeah. um there's something to be said for it because you do get to watch steven die comically and on one hand, I think the movie deserves props for that, but we are all we are sentencing Steven. This is true, and I don't know if he deserves lighter sentencing for dying. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go with five years because I think it's firm, not not like extravagant. Uh, kind of shows that I still didn't like the movie, but. At least I'm acknowledging that he wasn't in it too much, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh for me here, I'm I'm gonna give him a solid uh uh two years for this. Um I think that Steven really just had very little to do with this movie and this movie really meant nothing to me. And I think because this movie meant nothing to me, I can't I can't judge it like a movie that uh um was was uh hurtful to me the way that uh the way that certain other films in the steven seagal discography have been um to where like i i just felt awful throughout the entirety of watching them so i I, i'd say two years for this one um but then again this movie is pretty racist (laughs) <laughs> that's and this, true uh, which that's is true. which is and exactly what got him in trouble with my roseanne rating yeah um <laughs> i think i'm actually i did forget about the racism yeah i i hate to admit yeah. it um but i did because it's just so easy to forget about executive decision as a whole yeah um i think i'm going to do a uh steven destroy first ever resentencing yeah i think with this new context. Yeah, I think that, I, you know what, I think it's worth it. I think you're allowed to resentence if it's only been a few minutes after you a few seconds after you said it and we're still in the same episode. I think that that's uh Oh, yeah, yeah I think that's allowed. All right. Um I mean, now I feel weird cuz it's like I have that like it's like how how strongly is James going to sentence racism? <laughs> yeah. So we've kind of backed ourselves into a corner on this. <laughs> we really one. did. Um, yeah, this is going to have to be the uh, the unaired episode. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to throw this one away. Yeah, um, but I we gave Roseanne and SNL. You gave it thirty five years. I gave it twenty five. That's Roseanne and SNL, um, and I think that 
it's reasonable to sentence this the same way we did Roseanne. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go 20 years. Um, uh, but then Steven, the movies, see, it's not just, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know that already we're taking this too seriously. Yeah, probably. The movie's racist. We did sentence Steven for just being in Roseanne, which is so racist, but it just, it it's different when he's like in the movie for the movie's different than a fucking 28 minute episode of TV that is just like ridiculously racist yeah. and like takes joy in being racist and like wants you to know it's being racist and laugh at yeah. that. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I, we are sentencing Seagal. He, I'm going 10 years. I'm going 10 years and I feel good about yeah. it. I think, yeah. I'm going ten. And I feel good about. It. Uh, and so, what did I, I gave him like thirty five for Roseanne or something. Thirty five for Roseanne. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, this movie. Yeah, th- this movie was certainly not as as pridefully and joyfully racist as Roseanne uh, as that Roseanne episode yeah. was, and I suppose that that probably should be taken into account. I suppose it's like the it's the difference between like manslaughter and like a a, a, a serial killer <laughs> that like. You know, like wrote his name in blood on the wall uh, <laughs> or something. You know, I guess. Um, sure, bro. You know what I mean? Like they're they're they almost they almost felt yeah, like a victory no, lap I, in I, Roseanne about like how racist the, the no the Rose was. no yeah. yeah it 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 does just like take joy yeah. in it and you know I I, I, I think have to the, compare it to a crime because that's what we're it's what we're doing <laughs> yeah no and and again I, I I think that something has to be said for the fact that Stephen has the decency to die yeah. And that is pretty meaningful for this podcast. If yeah. we were, if we had to rate everyone's involvement in this movie, there would there would probably be some harsher sentences. But we are just going for Stephen. Um, and Stephen did die, and and that <laughs> Stephen and did that die. is nice in this one. Um, and um, and Halle Berry is in it. That's and, true. Uh, and Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. And and those are both people. John Leguizamo. Those are people that can bring some smiles to some faces. I would say. And Ken Jenkins. Ken Jenkins. Well, yeah, I don't think I was excited about Ken Jenkins, but it was nice to see him. I guess. I, I think that uh, I think I'm going to meet you with ten. Um, I think that that. I think that that's probably what our boy Stephen has earned here. Yeah, I think I'm on board with yeah, that. I think ten. It gets oh, it done, right. yeah. Okay, Stephen's new sentencing, um, including the life sentence he already deserves, two consecutive life sentences plus one hundred and fifty-four point five years. He's um, he's got a he's got a long, long, long time in prison ahead of him. <laughs> and many more sentences. <laughs> yeah, to come. yeah, he's really only just gotten started. Yeah. Um, next week will be our tenth episode. Wow. Uh, we're of course going to be buying a cake and. Yeah. What anniversary is the tenth? What? <laughs> what do you mean? Like you know how anniversaries have like themes? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Did you not no. know that? Like they have, there's like the the silver anniversary. Or oh whatever. no. Um. Uh, no. Yeah. I think. The tenth anniversary is tin or aluminum. Aluminum, tin or aluminum. Okay. Yeah. Ten T I N. Yeah, yeah. Ten. Um, 
Okay. Well, tin. Okay. Tin foil. Ah. Uh, <laughs> tin foil hats. <laughs> Hold on. Next week okay. is the episode where we will interview Alex Jones. Okay. <laughs> you know, for the for the tin episode. Well, we already played what Seagal is this to cover the the lapse in time because yeah. of the episode being short, so we don't have time to do our our usual our award uh, winning Alex Jones yeah. run. <laughs> our award winning Alex Jones run. Um unless you want to check out on him. You know what, man? I actually don't think I want to. Okay, can't blame you. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. this is very much a yes and type of show. Um <laughs> But uh, not today. Not today. Nah. It's, you know what? It's fine yeah. with me. Um, so next week, we're going to be watching The Glimmer Man. Um, 92 minutes. Oof. Back in the wheelhouse. <laughs> a nice, a nice um, merciful 92 yeah. minutes. Um, yeah. This is uh, his, the film he did with Stephen... Tom Olowski, uh, who in our theme song talks about Steven starting to ad lib and it causing problems. <sighs> so it'll be fun. Uh, even though he notoriously does that on most sets. Yeah. But uh, yeah, how are you feeling? Oh, do we have a motherfucker count? <laughs> Man, Steven was like barely a part of this movie. Yeah, he yeah, probably I'll... doesn't say it. I'm just going to write yeah. <laughs> this week. No. <laughs> um okay how you feel um weekly check-in you know it's fine it's whatever it's <laughs> yeah it's fine i think last week i think i spoke on enjoying the ritual of of doing this show um and i think that that was probably in part kind of uh you know, we're, I think I think last episode was a, a kind of exciting time for the show. You know, we had a celebrity guest on, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't had one of those before. So, I mean, that was very cool. Uh, and so, yeah, it was nice. It felt it, it felt it felt good. And I'd say this week, I, I, I still kind of enjoyed the the schedule of it, and, and especially you know, uh, with with what we're going through, what we're living through right now with uh, the virus and everything. It's definitely nice to like have a thing that you know that you're doing every weekend. So I guess it was fine for that, but you know, the movie sucked and it was racist. So (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the day, I can only count for so much. All right. Uh, I I mean, I think that's it. Unless you have anything uh, uh, to add to our, uh, to our, our mental health check here. Um, not really. I mean, <laughs> it's just like how it is. It's just sort of yeah. life. It's just kind of like the same as just like, you know, anything else you do every day. Yeah. I guess it's every week, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll become every day soon enough. Yeah. That's our next podcast. <laughs> that's a goal every day. Yeah. All right. You want to take us out? Yeah, I guess I do. You want to bring it on home, wrap it up? Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, <clears throat> Steven says motherfucker so seldomly um, that, that I, I feel like this ending doesn't even make sense anymore. Because yeah, he came out the gate firing. I think it was like the first movie, uh, I think, uh, you know, with uh, Above the Law. 
I think, I think you said it like we we only had a couple and above the law. You got this whole motherfucker thing from when we watched out for ju- or uh, urban. Yeah, just, but it was still con- like but it was ago. still continued enough in above the law. It's like he says it four. Yeah, times. four. That's quite a few. I guess I feel like we say motherfucker just casually in this podcast more than four times. Yeah, but you know it's like we're not. No, we don't. Well, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, we we don't. Well, actually, we probably do because we have to talk about the motherfucker count. Um, oh well, yeah, I didn't mean. Like but that, yeah, if, but, if it's, but, but still, but, but yeah, I. But I mean, it, it's like it's, it's like no, it's like a thing. It's like Samuel Samuel Jackson's thing, right? It's like that's like a that's like a thing that fans of Samuel Jackson, as far as I can see, like associate with him that that he says mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I think I was watching Jackie Brown the other day, and he says it quite often in that movie, like I four or five times in like in in a scene, you know. Um, and I was like, you know, man, Stephen really just doesn't say this very much. <laughs> no, he, he does yeah. not. Um, but you know, it's super goofy well, when I'm, he does. So it, I am open to creating a new sign off. We haven't even hit 10 episodes. Haven't even done a fifth of the ones that we will fully oh. do. Um, I, although we are getting close to a fifth, which actually does not seem that bad yeah. to me. We've done pretty. Um, we've done okay. Makes it seem yeah, manageable. We've done all right. But I'm down with um, alternating uh, a sign. Okay. If, I, mean, I mean, or we could stick with it. I don't. I mean, I honestly, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely uh, there's definitely some fun in in hearing me stumble through trying to do a Steven Seagal accent every week. Um, all right. Then uh, so then then uh, bring us on. Yeah. Home. So uh, uh, you know. From us here at uh, Stephen Destroy. Uh, oh, we never introduced ourselves. That's okay. We don't want anybody to know that it was us. I'm James. <laughs> and I'm Dylan. And uh, do you think we'll ever uh, release get these? It right? um, <laughs> oh, I just get it. That too. But yeah. Well, we will, and people will be like, "Who are those yeah. two dudes that do that Stephen Seagal, the, the mystery Stephen Seagal podcast?" Yeah, people. I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse our names in every episode. Um, like reverse the audio so that people have to play it backwards. Oh, I thought you meant like I'd be no. Dylan. Um, okay. No, that would be stupid. Uh, <laughs> fuck it. Um, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm Dylan. He's James. Uh, and, uh, and I'm James. And he's Dylan. <laughs> and that's it, folks. Uh, from from us. <laughs> I think that should be the sign. <laughs> that's it. Folks. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna throw one in. Uh, I'm gonna throw a thanks for listening, motherfucker, in at the end. But you know what? If I kind of like how that ended, we might just leave it like that. Uh, nah, just, just, just. Yeah, just whatever. Um, yeah, from us here at Steve and Destroy, we always appreciate our our rabid, sometimes obsessive fan base. And uh, from us to you, uh, thanks for listening, motherfuckers. Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? Starting to get scared. Starting to get scared. Get the fuck out of here. We have a problem. Steven started ad libbing. I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. I will snatch every 